Days go by The bigger love of the family Hello everybody and welcome to Family Chatters The only podcast that is available to you on the internet completely about the final season of the show Family Matters. That was obviously the Family Matters theme, a cover done by Mr. Julian Morena. Go to his website and check it out. It's facebook.com slash Morena, and listen to his beautiful voice. Uh, this is episode five of Family Chatters. So, yep, for all the people who said you're not going to do five episodes, you're only going to do four. That's what everyone told me. Guess what? You're there you wrong. Go. Milestone. Yes, it is. Uh, and this episode is a very special episode, because, as they all are. But this one is also very special. Uh, I have a couple of guests here who are related. They are siblings. We'll get to that in one moment. First, <laughs> I, and then later in the show, I have a brand new segment that I'm pulling out. And it's called Fan Voicemails. So I set up a dedicated phone line just for Family Chatter's uh, related calls that I've been getting. And so if you're a fan, I'd, I will never pick up the phone when you call because I don't want to talk to you people necessarily. Um, but if you want to call and leave a voicemail and just say uh, what's on your mind <laughs> about the show and tell us how much you enjoy it, uh, that's what that is there for. So later we have this segment, Fan Voicemails. We'll get to that. Um, my guests right now in the studio with me um, to my right is the returning champion. The first returning guest, actually, is uh, you may remember her from episode one of Family Chatters. She is, um, I, I guess you could call her my wife uh, <laughs> because we got married. We had a whole wedding. Yeah, not that recently, but that did happen. That did happen. Uh, so this is my wife. It's Erica McCarthy. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again and letting me do this. <laughs> um, and then over here we have uh, someone else. His name is Brandon Mabry. Hello. That was good. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, and so here's the thing. And I, I need to ask you about this. You guys are siblings, but you have different parents. That's correct. And now how does that work? Um, so our parents got married, so we are step-siblings. Oh, I see. Yes. You are step-siblings. Yes. That is correct. So that this would have, I wish we were talking about step-by-step. Step. <laughs> it would have um, been much more relevant. You should probably... podcast. Maybe. Is that what that show was about? It's about taking steps, like walking up and down stairs. It was basically a, a Brady Bunch for the 90s. But only, uh, it took place only on staircases. Yes. Of course. Okay. Uh, well, that's good to know. Uh, so, um, Brandon, you're a first-time guest. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm thrilled. I am uh, really trying to launch my career by this podcast. Yeah, what honestly. is that career? Um, podcasting. Oh, well, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if this is going to do it for you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You might want to try I something I figure else. I watch somebody else do it, copy what they do, and just rock it way better. You know, copyright infringement all the way. So, Brandon, I'm going to ask you uh, the same question I ask all of our first-time guests. If you were stranded on a desert island and you could only bring 100 episodes of Family Matters with you, which ones would those be? 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Let now me, I want you to. You have to name should them. Should I list them chronologically or alphabetically? <laughs> I would like you to list them by uh, season number, episode number, episode name. I assume you have both memorized. I'll, I'll tell you the number one. Okay. And we'll go from there. Yeah, okay, we'll start with one, and then we'll go to the, the, the number rest one, of the which I believe I had brought up to you when you originally told me about this podcast was that one episode where Aunt Rachel's diner was trashed thoroughly mm-hmm. by the oh, dragons, I and they jumped that Eddie. One. And the it was Dragons a two-parter. A yes, it was a it was a very serious. Love how you two-parter. remember the name of it the gang. This was like twenty-five years ago. Was this a gang called the Dragons, or were they were these weren't actual dragons? No, no, they That's were not bad. Asian. <laughs> they were they were black. I, they might have been multiracial, for all I know. I think they were. Every time they show a gang in the show, they are very PC about it. They don't want to make them all one race. So there's like an Asian well, guy. That was, the nine, everything, that was required by there's a law white guy. in the '90s. You have right. to have a multiracial cast. Pro, you throw, you know, one handicap in there just yep. for good measure. <laughs> in this gang, there was a handicap person yeah, in the gang. There could have been for us. <laughs> like a wheelchair wheels. gang member. <laughs> wheels, wheels will fuck you up. Yeah, wheels was the Asian uh, in the wheelchair of the in just the dragons. Just had like nunchucks. <laughs> That's racist. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took Across it there, the guys. Yep. <laughs> it was a great episode because we got to see Urkel dress as a gang member. Oh, nice. With, yeah, and he speaking went of Urkel dressing, th- he will get to that later. But he gets into a costume in this episode. It's really ridiculous. Uh, and speaking of this episode, guys, let's talk about it. This yes. is Family Matters season nine, episode five, episode one ninety eight in the canon, uh, and that is it's called "Who's Afraid of the Big Black Book." Is that what the that was the actual name? That's the actual name of the episode. I'll give you a, uh, a spoiler alert, guys. That doesn't actually make that much sense. Well, it's a reference but I guess, to sort of, but not I, really. the title is a play on words of terrible, uh, the, who's afraid of the big bad wolf. I recall, uh, but there's nothing. Oh, you're aware of that yeah. story? <laughs> okay, I thought. Oh, okay. Thought I was the only one. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but it's also about uh, a little black book. Uh, literally, Eddie Winslow has a little black book of all his ex girlfriends. And uh, some shit goes down with that. But you guys are here as siblings because this episode is about sibling rivalry. Right? Right. Did I that's, misinterpret that? or is that no. No. Okay. I, that's uh, what I took uh, from it as well, Chris. I mean, there's a terrible side story with Carl involved, but m- the main right. point I think that was trying to be conveyed <laughs> was the sibling rivalry. Yeah. So uh, here's a synopsis for you guys at home. Eddie and Laura play a series of get-even tricks on each other, and Steve must intervene to set them straight. Meanwhile, Carl is upset that Commissioner Geis passes him over for a promotion to captain, choosing his son instead, despite the fact that Carl is more qualified. So let's start by talking about the Laura and Eddie storyline, and it's all about them playing pranks on each other. So we begin in the, in the Winslow living room, and uh, Eddie is there with Steve Urkel, and Eddie's t- talking about a prank that Laura played on him, at school, at their college, uh, <laughs> the college he cafeteria. He calls it the cafeteria, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they both go to the same college, and they both eat at the college cafeteria, is what it's called. And uh, <laughs> she played a prank on him by putting a, a fake spider, or was it a real spider or a fake spider? It was spider? a fake spider. It a was fake a fake spider, spider. Into his mashed potatoes. And that, I just hate when that happens. I'm okay with, like, real spiders in my mashed potatoes, because I assume that all mashed potatoes have some form of insects in them, but a fake spider? 
Have you ever heard of such a thing? Eddie Winslow says, so we don't even see this scene. This sounds like the funniest part of the whole episode, but they don't actually include this at all. He's recalling this story to Steve. Um, and he says he's with all these fine honeys. And I believe that's a direct quote. Yeah, fine no. honeys. Yep. <laughs> and Laura drops a fake spider in his food. And he, in his telling of it, goes bananas and screams and like cries like a little bitch about it wow. over a fake spider. And... I mean, how old are these people? A, know, to be playing that, that prank. I can answer that question exactly how old they are. Laura's 20 years old. They told us last time. And Eddie, at the beginning of this, is also 20 years old. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. I think they just got really lazy by the end of this. Because they, like they forgot how old they made everybody? Because I feel like the whole series, he was significantly older, like at least a couple well, of years. Well, he looks about 10 years older. Yeah, he looks 40. <laughs> right. And uh, and I say that at the beginning of this, he was 20, because during the show, he actually changes ages because he has a birthday. That's usually how that happens. And uh, he becomes a 21-year-old, and there's a 21st birthday party thrown for him. It's my favorite scene. So, I can't wait to get there. Right. <laughs> just hold on, guys. Uh, the next thing that happens is um, Eddie wants to get some revenge and play a prank. And have you guys played pranks on each other as, as children or as adults? The whole time ah. I was watching this, I was trying to think of one. But when we were 20, we were fucking adults. So I don't recall doing anything like this. You were fucking adults we, we or were you were adults? adults. <laughs> I, don't, I might have fucked some children when I was 20. Yeah. Uh, we don't yeah, have to talk no, about that here. Well, it's yeah. on the internet now. You can talk about that on your own podcast. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. The, the pranks that they played on, throughout the episode... Seemed age appropriate, yeah. Except for the initial one that was recalled by Eddie, because who in their right mind at twenty years old purchases a fake spider? One, right? Like you have to go to a, a gag gift shop, yep, or one of those little coin bubble operated machines. It's probably where she got it. To the grocery honest. store, at the grocery store. Maybe it was yeah. an impulse purchase. That's fine, but then you're like, well, I wanted the. Ed Hardy sticker, but I got a fake spider. Might as well put it in my brother's mashed potatoes in front of all the fine honeys. <laughs> right. So and then so the prank that he plays, which is which is more age appropriate, is uh, the uh, a pizza delivery man comes to the door, and Steve Urkel has ordered pizza, and Eddie and Steve are there, and Eddie answers the door and recognizes the pizza delivery guy as a former boyfriend of Laura's. His name is Rick. Eddie immediately recognizes him. And says, and comes up with a prank. And he says, hey, Rick, the pizza guy, uh, Laura ha has not stopped talking about you since you broke up in seventh grade. And he goes, oh, really? Okay. He's so sad. He's not freaked out at all. He's like, oh, sexy. And he's like, oh, I've been really hoping for that. And for yeah. a, remind a reminder for the audience, that, was, that would be seven years. Correct. Seven years pining for the junior high boyfriend. Right, who's now a successful pizza man. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he says, why don't you swing by Friday night? Because she's got this boyfriend... But she hates, she, him. she hates him. Yeah, she wants to get rid of him. So if you come by Friday night, I guarantee you, you guys will hook up. That's of course, what that, she that does. boyfriend, said boyfriend is Stefan. Stefan Urkel, who is Steve Urkel's clone, of course. Uh, so let's cut to that Friday night. Like this guy has nothing better to do. Like he doesn't think he doesn't think it's weird that Laura's been pining for him. He doesn't think it's weird to show up seven years later, like unexpectedly to like I mean, woo her. Well, I'll say this, and you it's at a really home, bad plot device. People at home, you you will not uh, be able to see what this pizza man looks like. But Laura's a, 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 out of his league, right? See, I thought he was better looking than Stefan. Are you kidding? No, I think Stefan is disgusting. We covered this in episode well, yeah, one. Okay. I think he looks like. I mean, he's disgusting. Maybe he's better than Stefan, but he's also, he's like 5'3", this really pizza dude. He was really short, but she 
jumped all over it. She had no problem. She was ready to ditch Stefan right there and then. Is that what you got? That's from that? what I got. You thought you think she wanted the pizza guy? I think that she liked the attention. She was all about it, and she got real flirty and uncomfortable, and was like, "Oh, she forgot Stefan's name." I will say she, she definitely seemed flustered. She, she did, seemed, yeah. yeah. She and, wanted well, that. And here's why: because he showed up at the door wearing like a leisure suit, a giant leisure a suit, way too big for him. Very ill-fitting leisure suit. But speaking of ill-fitting leisure suits, every time I've seen Stefan in every episode of this season, um, he's been wearing a gigantic misfit suit. But like, where were That's they going? They weren't thing. going to the the theater. They were just macking on the couch. What the fuck? Well, is he here's what you have to understand for? about Stefan. He is a male model, and he always dresses in the finest <laughs> linens <laughs> to the nines. Yeah, he's not just gonna uh, slum it on the couch in like a t-shirt. Stefan Urkel fucking rocks business suits and uh, and and uh, pleasure suits. <laughs> I think they call them right. When he comes, he comes correct. So. They had so the pizza guy shows up in a leisure suit, and uh, Laura gets flustered, and uh, and he's like, and then Stefan and the pizza guy get into it a little bit because he's like, Stefan, why don't you fucking uh, take a hike? And he's like, uh, no, I'm gonna kill you. Is that what he said? <laughs> no, I was close. <laughs> close. No, he, I think he just said you want to step outside, which is uh, not the same as killing someone. But uh, and then and then Eddie finally comes down laughing his balls off because his prank was so successful. And then, uh, and then they're like, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, this was a prank, and sorry, pizza guy, but this was a joke on Laura and you, so please leave. <laughs> and, uh, and the pizza guy just leaves. Um, now, uh, now it's Laura's turn to get even again, and uh, she realizes in the following scene that uh, Steve Urkel is planning a birthday party for Eddie Winslow, his 21st birthday, and uh, she says, why don't you take out, Eddie's got this little black book that has all of his contacts in it that he, you would want to invite to this party. So Steve Urkel does not understand what's happening and calls up all these exes. Doesn't like he doesn't notice that there's no guys numbers in the phone. Laura just says like, oh, these are all of Eddie's close friends. Well, Steve's an idiot. Oh, so um, okay. he calls up all these ex-girlfriends and they all show up at Eddie's birthday, surprise birthday party. And Eddie, by the way, has a girlfriend already a current girlfriend named Greta. And I will say, for a, a group of exes that all belong to the same guy, not a one of them decided to leave before he got there? Yeah, like they didn't figure it out. No. I think they all want to <laughs> exact was... revenge on him for breaking, because I think you're supposed to assume he broke all their hearts because he's a heartbreaker. I loved, I mean, I know that the what I was supposed to take from this part of the episode was that like Laura's a bitch and Eddie banged a lot of chicks in his past. But like all I could think about was how shitty of a 21st birthday this was. Like think about your 21st. Steve throws him a 21st birthday party in his own living room, in the Winslow's living room with like a sheet cake from Stop and Shop and yes. just a bunch of his ex-girlfriends. It was like there were, even if his best closest friends were there and it wasn't all girlfriends, that would have been the shittiest 21st birthday party I'm trying to think. Ever. I think my 21st birthday party my next door neighbor who was kind of weird threw like me a lived party in your house. <laughs> yeah my next door neighbor who lived also lived in my house uh threw me a party in my living room and uh had a, a cake from stop and shop so yes that that happens oh okay so uh okay so the party's happening all of his exes are there eddie comes in with his girlfriend and is very surprised to see this 
And uh, and Steve still doesn't get it. Steve sings happy birthday to him. He does the whole nine yards. He's supposed to be a genius. I feel like this this point has been made on every episode of this show, but in every episode it's yes. valid. He's supposed to be a genius, but he's also the stupidest person in the entire world. At one point, there are two girls standing there. If and- I might make a point and interject real quick, there are... A, there is a, a substantial difference between being stupid and being socially awkward. Because I know plenty of smart people that cannot be in a room of other people. I think he's both because he uh, is is socially awkward, but also he doesn't put he's stupid simple concepts There's, together. One girl says to him, "Oh, he says, how do you know Eddie?" And she says, "I dated him in in junior year." And he goes, "Oh, do you know Susie? She dated him all through junior year too." And he introduces them. Like even if you are socially here's, awkward, here's that's what, a stupid person. Here's move. what you're overlooking: is that the fact that he said that. Was a hilarious joke. I mean, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And you seen know what happened? Everybody laughed. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Not that hard. Uh, so they sing happy birthday, and then uh, Eddie's like, What's going on here? And um, all the exes take this opportunity now because Laura has this whole time been cutting the cake for everyone. Uh, and the, all the exes decide to leave, and as they're walking out the door, they shove all of their pieces of cake into Eddie's face and Steve's face. Yeah, it wasn't really fair to see. With Steve. also very hilarious, hilarious results. And uh, and they all leave, with, and now Eddie and Steve have cake on their face, and that's funny, of course. <laughs> it got a few more laughs on the show than I think our track is. is it's, yeah, it's more like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, what happens is Eddie and Laura start fighting, and they're like, well, you pranked me, so this is, I'm getting even. And then uh, Steve interjects, and he goes... And now this becomes an emotional scene. Steve goes, you know what? You guys stop fighting because I wish I had a sibling. I wish I had friends. I wish I had parents <laughs> who loved me, he says. That would call me back. That would call me. So his parents, I've been wondering where his parents are. They're, 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 they exist. <laughs> they're just not interested in their only son, Steve. Um, and he references that many times in the first, like, two, three seasons about right. kicking him out of the house constantly and never wanting to talk to him. That's right. terrible. <laughs> he has pretty terrible parents and a fairly sunny disposition despite that fact. Well, that, he's dumb. That's why. Yeah, well, Ignorance yeah. is bliss, Apparently. according to Steve Urkel. <laughs> and uh, so he has this emotional breakthrough. <laughs> and, breakthrough? Uh, and Eddie and Laura apologize. And they say, I'm sorry about they that. They hug it out. And then I, have, I don't know if this has ever happened with you, but have you ever pranked each other so much that your pathetic neighbor had to inter- intervene? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm just picturing our pathetic neighbors uh, from childhood. I can't help it. Our, our, our pathetic neighbor, Tom, that lived as a bachelor for uh, his entire life until he died of cancer. I'm sorry, that's not funny. This is probably going to get cut because this is getting a little emotional. That is not the right cue. Sorry. But no, I mean, but to answer the question, now that we've like talked about this poor dead guy, like, <laughs> to answer the question, no, that never happened. That's crazy. So now let's talk about the subplot of this episode, which was Carl Winslow. Oh, do we have to? Uh, yes, I would love to. There's not that we'll, much to discuss. It no, was we'll, really we'll weak. Go, we'll go pretty quickly. And this, I love this because every scene with Carl takes place at the same place. <laughs> it takes place at the police department. And uh, Carl, the whole thing is like Carl wants to be uh, promoted to captain. There's a vacancy in the police department and he wants to be promoted. He thinks he's a shoo-in, as does everyone else. So he comes in and he's like, I'm, I'm a shoo-in for this captain job. And uh, the commissioner comes in and, and says, Carl, can I speak with you? And he goes, uh, so here's the thing. I'm making my idiot son captain instead of you. And uh, the, so the, the father doesn't think his son's an idiot. 
but he is like really, really dumb. I'd also like to make a point, and yes. I think this is a serious one. This is the oh. one that I've had in my head. The more I think about every episode I've watched of Family Matters, I believe they've made every white character on the show dumb. Oh, on purpose. Interesting. Um, I, if I, if you Give think me more back examples. To, yeah. I can only th- the only white character I can think of is the his, commissioner and his son right now. Yeah. Well, um, Carl's old partner back okay. in the earlier seasons. Sure. He was a dummy. He was legitimately dumb, like almost shooting himself in the foot with a loaded firearm. And there right. was a white girl in their school, in Laura's school, in her class, like a white blonde girl. I don't remember her name, but she was a dummy too. So you're feeling maybe as white Americans victimized. Yeah. And uh, like you're getting a, not a fair shake. A little bit. It's really yeah. hard to be a, uh, a I, white middle class person in yeah. the 90s. I really cannot wait for things to turn around for white people. <laughs> When's going to be my time? When is huh? it? You know, I'm tired of just getting everything I want <laughs> and like never having to worry about anything and trusting the police that, that they're not going to kill me. You know, it's uh, it's been really, really tough. I'm sick of it. So Carl uh, gets passed up for his promotion. He's like a cocky asshole, though. He walks into the commissioner's office. The commissioner says, like, oh, Carl, I have to talk to you. And he walks in, and he's like, yeah, I'll accept a job, though. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Like, he doesn't even, he's not even casual about it. Like, he's a cocky asshole. He's like, I wonder what the commissioner is going to tell me. He did not play it cool. No. No. No, he walked in, and he was like, thank you for the job. And the guy's like, no. I'm not making you, Captain. Yeah, that was a great impression. Thank you. That was really good. Um. So has that ever happened to you guys? Do you ever get passed up for a promotion to police captain because of nepotism? I mean, all, often. <laughs> often? That's uh, too bad. I have seen nepotism in the workplace, most definitely. Uh, Didn't you work for our dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. I've seen it too, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. That was the wrong. <laughs> Those kids love that, that was supposed to be, uh That was supposed to be like a, ooh. I keep fucking this up. You're Wait. It's <laughs> no, still the wrong one. Anyways, I've actually had held several jobs that were not working with my father, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I know your memory's a little selective on that, but I've seen, you know, a few family members of bosses be hired and then get better hours than me. Or and you're referring to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a job based solely on nepotism, so I can't really is that true? Yeah, your mom got me a job. Oh, that's true. She did. That's like a part-time job. But yeah, anyway. But it makes big money. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Would you like to tell everyone how much you make per year after taxes? <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and here's where the shit hits the fan in this storyline. Because what happens, uh, the new captain's first day on the job, there's a almost an, a all, gang war. an all-out gang war at the park. And the two gangs involved, which is my favorite part... The 15th Street Gang. Creative. And the Raptors. So the 15th Street Gang is, uh, I'm assuming they hang out at 15th Street. Maybe they didn't even name themselves. Maybe people just call them that. Uh, but the Raptors sounds like a Little League team or something. <laughs> like, who, like that's, not the, that's not a tough, even the Dragons. I want to see before. the Dragons versus the Raptors. Right. So they, the, the 15th Street Gang and the Raptors are about to spar. And it's going to be bad. And unfortunately, uh, they do not show a moment of that. No, all scene the parts of out, this which episode that seem like they would have been interesting, they just discuss off camera. It's like, right. what the fuck? So, uh, so uh, that's what I said. The whole thing takes place in the police department, and they just keep getting phone calls. And they're like, oh my God, oh my there's God, a they're gang. fighting. <laughs> oh my God, they're about to fight. What should we do? 
uh, Captain, and Captain has no idea what he's to a dummy because he's an idiot. I I felt like it was like if you were watching a high school play, like a rehearsal for a high school play, and like the stage direction, which I do said, often, often, and the stage direction said like act nervous, and like that's what the guy's cue was, and they were like just you know act like a shitty actor acting nervous. Yeah, that was his direction. <laughs> act. Here's what I want you to do in this scene: act like you're a shitty actor. Who's nervous? You're not, but act like you are one and then pretend that you're a shitty actor playing a nervous guy. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. He nailed it. Right. He did nail it. If that was his goal, he nailed it. (laughs) So so then uh, the captain finally says, he's like, I don't know what to do. Carl, can you help me? And Carl says, uh, reluctantly, because he's like, I don't fuck this guy, right? Yeah. So he's like, okay, here's what you do. And he lays it down. And he's like, call the gang task force, which seems like the <laughs> obvious choice of some, what to do. If that exists, why wouldn't you call them? And uh, whatever. Like, he, he, he fixes it. And then cut to the commissioner the next day comes in, and he's so proud of his son for stopping this gang war. And, uh, and he, he says, I'm so proud of you, son, for stopping this gang war. <laughs> I think, <laughs> and then uh, and the and the captain now does the the right thing. He says, "Dad, I hate to break it to you, it wasn't I me. Suck. I'm terrible. It was Carl Winslow." So he's like, "I I kind of just want my old job back." And and Carl's in the now they're in an office, right, a secluded office with a window. No one else can hear what's happening in this room. It's just the commissioner, the captain, and Carl. And the and the captain's like, "Dude, it was Carl. Just give him the job." And uh, and the commissioner goes. What do you think, Winslow? Or should I say Captain, Captain Winslow. Winslow? And everybody goes bonkers at the glass. Yeah, everybody, the whole police department like comes, to the, comes to the window to cheer on Carl's new uh, promotion, which they would have not even heard. We know what I wish happened. I wish that he said, um, I wish Carl looked at everyone and said, I'm the captain now. <laughs> you know, from Captain Phillips. No, I don't know what that is. Okay. Oh. It was a movie about I, that. I, th- I think it would have been funnier if he actually dropped his line from uh, Die Hard. Right. I shot a kid. <laughs> when was the last time you were in the workplace and somebody else got a promotion, got promoted above you, and you got excited? Like, the whole department gets excited that somebody else because got a better job. All, that's not real life. They all know that Carl was more deserving. No, that's not how it works in a real workplace. Think about it. That's not how it works in a real world. If workplace. your alternative is the the dumb police commissioner's yeah, dumb so. son, right. then then everyone cheers. Well, when you guys have been promoted due to nepotism, <laughs> how, how did that go down? When you made all your money? <laughs> Tell you what, I got all the sick days I needed. Yeah, of course. What was dad going to do? Fire you? The very definition of nepotism. What's dad going to do? Fire you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, so yeah, that happened, and that's the episode. <laughs> um, so I want—it's time now for uh, the new segment. It's called fan voicemails. So this is the segment that I mentioned before. We have opened up the phone lines to all of our fans to call in and r- just rave about the show and tell us how much uh, they love it. And we have uh, a few calls. It looks like the uh, the red light is blinking on my answering machine. <laughs> Uh, I set up a rotary phone and an answering machine, and uh, let's see what the fans have to say here on fan voicemails. This is uh, Rusty Dubois calling for uh, Christos McKenzie. That's that's a mighty fine name you got there for a a liar, for a deceiver, for an evildoer. I never met you, and you never met me, but I could already tell you the type of person who ain't like me. I'd like to talk to you about a few things, though. 
you know, I, I listen to your show, and I think it's what you're doing is vile and sick and disgusting, and uh, you, you're trying to brainwash the youth. Family Matters was already trying to brainwash the youth. Black man from Chicago. I see what you're doing, but I'd appreciate it if you got back to me. Beeper numbers 472-2599. So if you can get back to me between hours of uh, 6 and 622, name Rusty Dubois, pager number 4772597, uh, that'd be swell. Webster defines responsibility as uh, getting did what needs to be done. And I've never known Webster lie. I've known that boy since I was four, five year old. So responsibility, you have that. You talk to trillions and billions of people every single day. And what do you tell them? You take this opportunity to tell them the truth? Hell no, brother, you don't. You don't tell them the truth. You tell them lies, you tell them propaganda, you tell them uh, whatever, whatever is the opposite of truth, that's what you tell them. So if you just want to get back to me, page number 477-2977, you have yourself a good day, a godly day. You know who else had a podcast? Adolf Hitler. This is Rusty Dubois, 499 was Rusty, you've been talking too much to Janelle again because I have not been sleepwalking and calling the Home Shopping Network. I'm cured. Doctor says I'm cured, okay? I'll take a choreograph test of that effect. 499-2927. Hey, this is uh, Jeffrey Pollock from uh, Minnesota. I'm just calling to see that I really like the show there, Chris. Really, really enjoying it. You're saying all the things that I really like to hear and... Uh, it's just, oh yeah, you're just saying lots of stuff that I like to hear personally. Oh, I love hearing all the things you love to say. Psych, it's me, Rusty. I don't like what you have to say. This is Rusty calling, not a guy from Minnesota. 499-2977. Okay, so that sounds like I may have made a slight error in judgment to, um, in retrospect, to just allow anyone to call... Uh, just give my number out. Uh, you know, maybe I should have thought better of that. Uh, but you live, you learn. And uh, what would you guys think of that? Great, right? Amazing. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and now that's the end of the, uh, Family Chatters, episode number five. I would love to thank my guests here, but I won't. You're not welcome. Okay. <laughs> uh, just kidding, guys. Thank you for being here to, uh, number one, my wife. And also I don't really have a choice. No, right. That's what I meant. But thank you. Uh, and also, my wife's brother, or stepbrother, we should say. Let's clarify. Let's minimize this relationship. Let's also point out that I am your brother-in-law. Holy shit. I never, siblings. I never even thought that that was yeah. a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> what does that mean now? Brother-in-law? That means that... Marriage is a legally binding contract between what? two people. Are you? Yeah. Hold Did on you a do second. the paperwork? Come on, man. I'm very confused. So you, when you say legally binding, you, I can just leave whenever I want, right? <laughs> well, am I wait? Am I not allowed to be married to other people? Because <laughs> this I, is the East Coast, my friend. All right, I need to go uh, get out my little black book and make some phone calls. <laughs> oh. And now we've brought it all. It's all full come full circle. circle. 
so thanks, Brandon Mabry, for also being here. Thank you for having and, me. And uh, now I'm leaving. This is episode number five, so I need my fifth catchphrase. And I'm going to ask, so I've been leaving on a catchphrase every time that is usually terrible. So, uh, but I'm going to ask my guest to supply me with a catchphrase. And what it is, is I just want you to basically say the first thing that pops into your head. And then I will use that as the outgoing catchphrase. So let's go. That's one hot tamale. That is one hot tamale. (laughs) 